0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, so I've set the table for you. How about an opening take? Why don't we go back to Wednesday for me to make this thing work? Go back to Wednesday. The Warriors were coming off that 31-point implosion in Game 2. And then all of a sudden there were lots of questions about them. Questions specifically about Kevin Durant and Pat Beverly. Was Patrick Beverly getting to Durant? Was Pat Bev doing what Pat Bev does, getting under his skin, getting into his head? How was Golden State going to respond? More importantly, how was Durant going to respond? Well, here is how Durant responded on Wednesday. With a lesson in offensive style and scheme capped off by a lesson in life
1: well we had a nice flow of the game you know let, let's go back to the whole last month of the season we've been playing this way for a while and when we got to this series um you know game one we had some nice momentum they're playing a gimmick defense which has been working top blocking everything on the perimeter so guys not even looking at the three-point line they're just forcing guys inside the three-point line so for us when i get the ball in my spots you know i got a pest patrick beverly Who's up underneath me? Well, I could definitely shoot over top and score every time if it's a one-on-one situation. But we got a guy that's dropping and helping, and then we got another guy that's just sitting on me, waiting, waiting for me to dribble the basketball. If I put the basketball on the floor. I can, you know, I could probably make 43% of my shots if I shoot them like that. But that's not really going to do nothing for us at uh, with the outcome of the game, you know, because we got a nice flow, everybody touching the rock, everybody shooting and scoring. So I'm not going, I'm not going to get in the way of the game because. You know, I want to have a little back and forth with Patrick Beverly. I'm Kevin Durant.
0: You know who I am. Bottom line, he could have just said that and we would have all been fine and understood exactly what he was talking about. Like, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. I mean, one thing to make that statement at the Warriors facility, but then he made it in the Clippers' house last night. This guy comes out, he opens up by hitting everything. I mean, literally everything. Everything. Did not miss to start the game. And those were not open looks either. There was a hand in this guy's face every single time. The Clippers were not letting Kevin Durant get his. They were grinding. And they were making it as tough as they could on Durant. And it still didn't matter. He was still letting them know, I'm Kevin Durant. You all know who I am. In case you missed it last night or you need a refresher, here's a little TNT montage if you need it. Kevin Durant hit all three of his shots. Gallinari got a piece with six on the shot clock. Oh, wow. Tough turnaround Turn for KD. <laughs> Gilgis Alexander trying to check Durant. And
2: Durant knocks oh. another one down. He has not missed. Six for lamb. six Ooh.
0: for Kevin Durant. Bogut gives it to Durant. Rises up over oh, Beverly. Too yep. easy for him. Jamet is an excellent three-point shooter. Big miss that time. Durant goes, Durant
2: scores, and one for KD.
3: Nice play, KD up running the wing. Yeah, Patrick got grousing a little bit on that, but just
4: part of the story here tonight because Kevin Durant is having his
2: way, and it's not just on Patrick Beverly. Green goes all the way in transition, misses with the left. Look at that finish by Kevin Durant.
0: So let me say exactly what that was. What that was was a fighter tasting his own blood. They drop their hands, they get clocked in the second round, then they come out locked in when the bell rang for round three, and they drop 41 on the Clippers in the first quarter, 73 in the first half, 109 by the end of the third, en route to a 132-105 beatdown. Again, 132-105 on the road in the playoffs against a team that some people were trying to argue had their number, or got under their skin, or got into their head. I mean, remember, this conversation a few days back was like the Clippers had supposedly exposed the Warriors in Game 2, shown the world all their weaknesses. And then the Warriors did that last night. L.A. Clipper, Lou Williams said it best, quote, we just got our ass kicked. That's it, end quote. I mean, how much of a statement were the Warriors making? I'll tell you a statement. They made a statement when they did this. Nobody knows that better than Draymond Green.
2: Set up there by Green as Thompson...
0: With a cut to the basket. After he hit three consecutive shots, it's a rim run for Clay Thompson. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, you saw that. And even if you're not, you heard that. Throw it down, big man. You know someone's getting their ass kicked when Clay Thompson is dunking with authority. You know somebody's getting punked if Clay Thompson is dunking at all. Just like you knew Golden State would show up like that. And if you didn't, then you don't know these cats. This is why I said after game two, you don't freak out. You don't go looking for the panic button. And that they were still going to win that series. They were still the team to beat overall. Because it's not like we haven't seen this a million times from Golden State already. Nothing we didn't already know about Golden State. They lose interest at times. They take their foot off the gas. They lack defensive intensity at times. Right. Now tell me something I didn't already know. And here's something we already knew. That they would show up the way they did in Game 3 after that meltdown in Game 2. They've been at this a long time now. They know that things like Game 2 are going to happen. They know the best way to make sure it doesn't happen again is to come out strong and early in Game 3. So they did, with a 22-9 run to start, a 17-point lead at the end of one. That's showing up huge. Oh, and you know who else showed up huge last night? The refs. Was that crew being paid by the whistle? Because it sure felt like it. If Kevin Durant reminded everyone that he's Kevin Durant... Scott Foster was there to remind everyone that he's Scott Foster. You know the old saying that if we know the ref's name, it's a bad thing? Not to Scott Foster, it's not. You got a problem with the number of fouls he called in that game? He's got an answer for you. I'm Scott Foster. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. People paid good money to see Scott Foster ref a game, and he'll be damned if they aren't going to get a full arsenal of his calls. There was a point in the first half where Foster and his crew were calling something on nearly every single play. Durant picks up a couple of quick ones. Steve Kerr was about to sub him out, but KD pointed to his own head to say, I got to play smarter, and he did. Except sadly for Scott Foster, last night was not about Scott Foster. Last night was about Kevin Durant. Mostly, it was about everyone who forgot that he was Kevin Durant and what that means. Because when Kevin Durant gets in that rhythm, you can cancel Christmas. 38 points, 7 assists. And one attempt from Draymond Green to explain what happened when he was asked by ESPN about that matchup with Beverly. Draymond said, quote, "But I like Kevin in that matchup. Regardless of what Beverly does, I like Kevin in any matchup with whoever, anytime. Period. No one's defense matters." By the way, I've been on the other side of that defensive matchup with Durant. Mine didn't matter. I like that matchup with anybody, end quote. In other words, a defensive player of the year and one of the elite defensive players of all time saying the defense on Durant doesn't matter. And Draymond's right. You want another way to describe that? Andre Iguodala went poetic, quote, it kills the soul when they did everything they thought they could and you still score, end quote. And then Draymond just summed the whole thing up in two words, kill mode. Soul killer, kill mode. I'll sum it up like this. He's Kevin Durant. Don't forget it. And when he's doing that, he is impossible to stop. And when he's doing that and you can't stop him, they can't be beat. I'm
1: Kevin Durant.
0: You know who I am. That's all he had to say. Instead of laying that whole thing out there like we're in the flow, I got to move the ball, I'm not going to get caught up with Beverly, I'm part of a team. All he really had to say was, I'm Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. Freaking Kevin Durant. Thomas Davis. Thomas, great to have you on. How are you?
5: I'm going great, man. How are you guys doing?
0: Great. Thomas Davis, L.A. Charger. Man, you've had about a month to get used to hearing that. What is your reaction then when you hear yourself introduced as Thomas Davis, Los Angeles Charger?
5: Hey, man, it's definitely different, but I'm excited about the opportunity and really looking forward to um, seeing what kind of season we can have as a football team this year.
0: Alright, so the offseason program started this week and then after only one day, your teammates were already wave, raving about you. Derwin James, for example, said, quote, man, that's a big piece. He's a vocal leader. He's a great guy. I can see as I've been around him, he's a good guy to help mentor me, especially as a young guy trying to come in and lead. End of quote. So what's it been like for you being around the guys and the new team?
5: Man, it's been, it's been exciting. You know, I'm really looking forward to getting to know everybody and just trying to um, figure out how I'm going to fit on this team. And you just want to come in as a veteran and just try to offer any kind of knowledge that you can to the younger guys on defense and just trying to help step into a leadership role and and just really becoming a part of what they're doing.
0: Thomas Davis joining us. Now, you've been around the game a long time and you've been around long enough and you've got enough respect and enough goodwill in the bank that if you were to show up for off season workouts and kind of pace yourself and relax a bit, nobody would question that at all. But you were out there looking to dominate. You were out there looking to win every single day. Why is that?
5: You no, know, that's just the mindset that I've always had. you know you go out, you compete hard, you work hard during the off season, you work hard and practice then you know that makes the games easier and that's kind of the mindset that you wanna impress upon the young guys on the football team. If they see a guy that's going into his fifteenth year doing it, then there's no excuse for them not to do it, so that's kind of how I've always been, and you know hopefully these guys will see that, and they'll start doing the same stuff
0: if there's one thing I know it's this. Finding high-quality clothes that fit great is not easy. Never, ever easy. Well, I found a way to get that done because I found the right company, Outer Known. Outer Known clothes are for people and planet. High-quality, sustainable clothes, durable construction, and a tremendous fit. Plus, the company is great onto itself. The company was founded by pro surfer and 11-time world champion Kelly Slater. Outer Known. Only works with factories that pay fair living wages and provide safe working conditions. So the clothes look great, they fit great, they feel great, and the company itself does all the right things. Literally, what more could you want? Go to outerknown.com right now. Enter my code name Rome at checkout, and you'll get twenty-five percent off your full price order. Outerknown.com. Let me spell this out for you. I absolutely love it. O U T E R K N O W N dot com. Remember, use my code ROME at checkout, get 25% off. You will love this clothing. Check it out right now, outernown.com, and do not forget the promo code ROME and get your 25% off. Thomas Davis joining us. You know, if you go back to earlier in the offseason, Back in January, you received word from the Panthers that they were going to go in a different direction with the linebacker position. You were an icon in Carolina. You poured your heart and soul into that organization. You know it's a business, but what's it like when you get the word that your time has come to an end? There.
5: You know, I was I was a little caught off guard when it when it first happened because you know I was under the impression and I was being told that I was going to be retained and um, be brought back and. Um, I would be allowed to, you know, finish my career there. But, you know, like I said, and like you said, it's a business. We understand that um, things in this league are always constant, constantly changing, and you can't sit back and you can't take it personal. So for me, it was all about, you know, receiving the news, uh, processing the information, and just really looking forward to the next chapter.
0: Thomas Davis joining us now you become a free agent what was that experience like knowing that you could then choose to play anywhere you wanted what were you looking for in a team
5: you know for me I was just hopeful that you know someone will be willing to give me an opportunity you know you once you've um, hit the the year mark that I had hit completing 14 years and um, teams are starting to look to go younger in this league but I was definitely excited to know that you know I had a few teams that were interested in me and um, for the Chargers to to step up and, and make the push that they did to, to bring me in. It was definitely exciting, and I'm happy to be a part of
0: it. Chargers linebacker Thomas Davis is my guest. Now, the story goes that when the offer from the Chargers came, you said yes so quickly that your wife was like, wait, 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 don't we get to talk about this? What was it about the Chargers that made you say yes so quickly?
5: I think when you look at the charges and you look at the roster and you look at um, how well this team performed last year, I think it was a no-brainer for me to really try to become a part of this organization and um, knowing that they have everything that it takes to to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, the only drawback was being on the West Coast, something that you know I've never been a part of. We've always been on the East Coast, um, been in Carolina for my entire career, but it's you know it's and it's something that now we're looking forward to and looking um, to make a positive.
0: Hey, listen, you're not far from where I am. I'm a West Coast guy. I love the West Coast. How's it treating you so far? What's it been like?
5: I mean, so far, so good. You know, I'm in a position right now where I'm trying to find somewhere to stay and um, just trying to make that transition and try to make it seamlessly. So looking forward to, to the new beginnings and the weather is definitely great. Um, the taxes are going to be terrible, I've been hearing. Um,
0: That's true. Yeah.
5: You know, it's it's good being in the position that we're in. I hear we're not going to have to deal with a lot of the L.A. traffic, so that's always good.
0: The taxes are terrible, the weather is amazing, and there are great things to do. Let me finally ask you this about the move. I mean, do you immediately plan that move and try to make that thing happen as quickly as possible, or do do you kind of ease into your life here and and go about it a little bit slower?
5: Um, You know, you try to make it you try to make it as quickly as possible because you don't want to sit around too long and, and wait for all the places to get filled up and not really have your, your pick at where you want to stay at and being comfortable in that in that process. But at the same time, you know, there are a ton of decisions that you have to make as a parent when you have four kids and um, a wife and you just got to make sure that you're making the right decisions for your family as well. So it's definitely um, like I said, it's exciting times, it's new beginnings, and we're excited about the possibilities of, of having a, a great, successful season.
0: We're talking to Chargers linebacker Thomas Davis for a few more moments. You know, one of the things that the Chargers keep talking about is how excited they are not only to have you as a player, but as a leader. For instance, in Carolina, you played with a number of really special players, including Julius Peppers, who announced his retirement earlier this offseason. What was it like to play with Peppers? What did you learn from him? Man, You know,
5: I had the opportunity to play with Pep the first time that he was in Carolina and then also had the chance to play with him when he came back home. Um, and it was exciting. You know, Julius, his first go-around was not a real vocal player. He didn't do a whole lot of talking. He was the guy that really led by example, went out, did his business, and, and kind of went on about his life. But the second go-around, you can see the growth. You can see the maturity that, that he was able to develop over the years. He came back. He did a lot more talking. Um, he did a lot more work in the community. He was more involved with everything that was going on, and you know it was just, it was exciting to see that side of of Julius and just really be able to see the growth that he's had over the years.
0: Right, so for that, I mean, you've been a part of some really good teams in Carolina. You played in a Super Bowl, and I know you see upside here. So when you look at the talent and the experience on this Charger team right now, how excited do you get? How good can this team be? What's the upside?
5: And I really think that the sky's the limit for this team, you know, because you look at this roster and you immediately you get excited. You look at the defensive guys that we have. You look at the offensive guys that we have. And you just really know that as long as we go out as a football team and, and, and do the work right now, you know, this is the important time of time of the year, coming together, um, developing that camaraderie that you need and just really going out and, and gelling as a unit, this is the time that we need to be successful. And I'm excited about it, man. Like I said, and I cannot impress upon you guys enough how excited I am about this roster and to be at it and become a part
0: of it. I feel it. I can hear you. Before you go, you've been to a Super Bowl. So how much does that motivate you to get back? Is that the thing right now, or is the motivation about something else?
5: You know, for me, that should be the motivation for every team, every player at this point right now is making it to the Super Bowl. And if you're playing this game for any other reason, then you're you're totally missing the mark, man, because at the end of the day, there's going to only be one team that's standing victorious, and that's the reason why you you go through the things that you're doing right now and going out putting the blood, sweat, and tears in and and making sure that you're successful as a football team, and that's to win the Super Bowl.
0: So one last thought. You mentioned what it's like to kind of jump in there and – Kind of impose, not impose your will, but kind of establish yourself as a leader. When you signed linebacker Denzel Perryman, said, "quote He's going to be the Phillip Rivers of the defense. I'm excited for him to get in here, so I can pick his brain, see what he sees, and just get his take on football in general." Is that how you approach it? Are you looking to be the Philip Rivers of that defense?
5: You know, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be one eleventh of his defense. You know, it's not. A, it's not going to be about Thomas Davis um, per se on this defense. It's going to be about every man on that field going out and doing their jobs at the right time um, at the same time and and on the same page. And that's something that we all have to realize, you know, no one man is greater than this defense. It's all about going out and everybody doing their job because if we're on the field and and one person is not doing their job right and their offense figures that out, then it's going to make for a leak in our defense. And we have to understand that we're only as strong as the, as, as, the next unit man and we have to go out and we have to prepare that way and I think that when you look at this roster like I said when you have Joey Bosa and when you have Melvin Ingram and you have me and you have those guys up front I think for us on the back end we have to realize that you know we have to do our jobs in order for those guys to be successful and you know vice versa and that's how defense works you know we it's three different units. You, you have your front line, you have your linebackers, and you have your secondary. And we all have to be on the same page at the same time to make sure that we're working towards that common goal and that's being the best defense in this league.
0: And the Chargers get their guy and he gets a new challenge and a new opportunity. He is Carolina's all-time leader in tackles an all-pro, a three-time Pro Bowler, a 2014 Walter Payton Man of the Year winner, and in front of the program. Thomas, welcome to Cali. Good to have you here. Really nice to have you up the road. Nice to have you back on the show, and I always appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much.
5: Hey, I appreciate you for having me. Thank you.
0: So if I had a way to save you time and money, would you want to know about it? If I could save you time and money, wouldn't you want that information? Well, I can. Stamps.com is the way for me to save you time and money. Listen, nobody's really got time to go to the post office. You're too busy. You don't have time for traffic. Then you got to park. Then you got to lug all your mail and packages into the post office. Man, it is a pain. It's a real hassle. This is why you need Stamps.com. It will save you time and money. What Stamps.com does is it brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices or an online seller shipping out products, even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, just use your computer, print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once the mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it into a mailbox. It is that simple. Again, Stamps.com is a no-brainer because it will save you time and money both. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, you can get a special offer, which includes a four-week trial. And right now, I've got a special offer for you. It includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Simply go to Stamps.com, hit the microphone. It's at the top of the homepage. Type in Rome. This is a great, great opportunity. Stamps.com, enter Rome. Stamps.com, enter Rome. The draft is coming up. In case you did not know that, it is next Thursday, which means by this time next week, we should probably know where Josh Rosen is going to play football. Will the Arizona Cardinals take Kyler Murray number one overall and trade Rosen? Will they take Murray number one overall and keep Rosen? Will they take a D lineman and keep Rosen? You know, you're listening to this and thinking, damn, can we just get there already? Can we just fast forward to the draft so this question can be answered once and for all? Can we just get to a point where nobody really cares one way or another whether Josh Rosen is included in the team hype video or not? Or did the fact that he was not included in the hype video mean that they are going to trade him? Or does it mean that they haven't made up their mind yet? Or could it have been an oversight? Is it possible to make an oversight like that? But then what does the fact that Rosen was included in the follow-up hype video mean? And what about the fact that Kyler Murray was meeting with other teams? What does that mean? Does that mean that Arizona's not going to take him? Or was that a smoke screen? Is any of this real life? I mean, these are the same questions that keep popping up and have been for weeks now. Like, if you're tired of hearing about them, imagine how the hell Josh Rosen must feel hearing these questions. Because for you and I, it's a talking point. For you and I, it's something maybe to go to social with. But for Rosen, it's his life. And every single day, no, every single hour, somebody is coming up with some new theory or some new report about his life and his future. So what do you do if you're the guy in the middle of all this? You know, we're just talking heads, so we're just... People with phones and keyboards. This is this guy's life. So what do you do if it's your life? What do you do if you're in the middle of it? Well, if you're Josh Rosen, you get an RV, you get some of your bros, and you take a roadie to the Grand Canyon. And you bring a camera with you. Which is what they did. Rosen did a video for SITV. It dropped yesterday. And I think you know how that goes. In a situation like this, a young player who's been forced into a tough spot, by things that are out of his control, generally gets out of control and lashes out and it gets ugly. So get ready for a young dude to lose his bleep and say something that he's probably going to want back the second he barks it out. Especially this guy, right? Remember the rap on Rosen when he was coming out, that he wasn't just smart, he was too smart. He wasn't just intelligent, he was too intelligent. He didn't just want to know what was being done. He wanted to know why it was being done. In other words, the guy was so smart, he was going to be a pain in the ass to anybody who took him because he's going to want an explanation for everything that is told to him. So that guy, that guy's been going through a tough spot the last few months. That guy is holding it all in. But now he's out with his bros on a road trip and somebody's got a camera in his face and they ask the question. So look the hell out because this dude's young, he's opinionated, he's not afraid, and he's going to tear somebody a new one. In the video for SI, Josh Rosen said, and I quote, all the reports and rumors, and I quote, are annoying, but it is what it is. Football's a business, and I definitely respect the higher-ups and their decisions. End quote. Damn. My man went there. Dude went there. Actually, no, he didn't. He didn't lash out. He didn't bring the vitriol. He didn't vent out. This guy handled the whole situation like a boss. Check this out.
4: I think the season probably went as poorly as it could possibly go. But within that, had an unbelievable time. I think when people talk about, like, you can't listen to criticism or don't ever read articles, like, you have to be aware of what's going on to a certain extent. So, like, I definitely understand the situation. I mean, it's annoying, but, like, it is what it is. Football is a business, and I, I definitely respect the, the higher-ups and their decisions. Like, we won three games, and each one of those wins, for, to me, it felt like we won the Super Bowl. And, like, that feeling is so intoxicating, and that's why I just want nothing more than to be a part of a team next year and have the same opportunities to go out and compete. I think like the best advice I've ever gotten in life from so many different people is, is control. You can control and whatever decisions are made, it's my duty to prove them right. If they keep me and prove them wrong, if they uh, ship me off.
0: Look at this dude. I mean, honestly, that is an amazing way to handle that. That is the best way to handle that. Because the fact is, it is so much more than annoying It is so much worse than just annoyance. It's got to be beyond frustrating because none of this is on him. Almost none of this. At least what's going on right now, none of that's on him. He can't control any of this. A lot of guys in his situation, especially young guys who had not been through it before, would be so pissed. He walked into a tough situation. This guy took an absolute physical beating over the course of the season. Got the hell beat out of him. And now everybody's talking about trading this guy? A lot of guys in his situation wouldn't even show up for the offseason workouts just so they can make a statement. Not only did Rosen show up, he was the first guy in. That's a statement. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury called his approach, and I quote, phenomenal. A lot of guys in Rosen's position would be griping to the media, talking off the record to the media, leaking things to the media, or they'd be using their agents to force the cards to publicly make a decision one way or another, or flat out just force their way out of town. It's not what he did. He just said it was annoying. That's a pro's move right there. Calling it annoying is a professional move. Don't be confused. That's not a guy who's okay with what happened last season. That's not a guy who's not owning what happened last season. You heard what he said. We won three games. Each one of those wins, to me, felt like a Super Bowl. It was intoxicating. That's why I want nothing more than to be a part of a team next year and have the same opportunities to go out and compete. Yeah, but what about the Cardinals, right? It's got to bug you, man. It's got to really annoy you. It's got to piss you off. Nope. Quote, best advice I've gotten is only worry about what you can control. I love that line, too. He said, whatever decisions are made, it's my duty to prove them right if they keep me. And prove them wrong if they ship me off. Is this kid 22 or 52? I mean, that's really impressive. That's a great, great response. This has been an impossible situation that this guy's been put in. And he's handling it like a pro. And this was supposed to be the loose cannon that you couldn't trust. The guy that was too smart for his own good. The guy that was going to be a headache. The guy that was going to be a pain in the ass. I'm not saying this guarantees that Rosen is going to be a pro bowler but it says a hell of a lot about him as a person and as a leader and as a guy that you do want in your locker room. No matter what happens, based on everything I've seen, I can't say enough about this guy and how he's handled all of this, especially as a young guy who got the hell beat out of him and it wasn't his fault. I'm not saying that he played perfectly. I'm not saying that none of it's on him. I'm saying that he's owning all of that and handling all the other stuff that's not on him really well respect nothing but respect for him and how he's handled this and calling this guy too smart is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard Ryan Watson Ryan really nice to have you on how are you I'm doing good, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing great, Ryan. It's a great story, so let's get into this, if you don't mind. So people can fully appreciate where you are right now. I think we have to go back a little bit. You're from Georgia. You had some options, but you chose the Air Force Academy. It's a challenge, Ryan, that a lot of people would not want to take on. Why did you accept that challenge?
6: Um, so looking back at it in high school, I had plenty of other D1 offers, and of course I was very interested in playing football, but I didn't think professional football was um, an option for me at the time. Um, the academy has a, a lot of great opportunities. Um, it's a pretty different experience, like you said, um, experience a lot of people would turn down. but me, I kind of like a challenge, so I was they the the, the opportunities that um, they offered definitely interested me. And then, of course, the guaranteed job afterwards was hard to turn down.
0: Ryan Watson joining us. So you spent a year at the Air Force Prep School. So you already had a taste of what basic training would be like. Once you get into it, though, what is it really like? For instance, what's the most challenging part? Is it about the physical side or is it about the lack of sleep?
6: Uh, it's definitely the lack of sleep for me, especially, especially a lot of the other athletes. You know, basic is kind of geared toward the, the the regular guy, the non-athlete, just trying to get them up to speed. So if you're an athlete going into basic, it's really just the mental aspect, the lack of sleep. Because they're, they're demanding a lot of you on the mental side as well as the physical. So the, the mental demands combined with the lack of sleep is pretty tough for most people.
0: Ryan Watson joining us, but it is both mental and physical. For instance, as part of the training, you have to deal with an obstacle course, which involves crawling huge distances in the mud, and then you get asked questions, and if they don't like the answer, you get sent back a few stations. Yeah, like, what's that <laughs> oh, yes, experience sir. like?
6: Uh, that, ex- that experience was quite awful, quite awful, especially because I remember vividly I made it to the end like three different times, and they would ask asking questions that I just had no, no idea. So it's kind of like a deer in the headlight thing, and you get sent all the way back to the beginning. Um, so it's, it's, it's really rough, you know, You thinking you're almost done with something. You're like, no, you got to start from square one. Um, but the, the questions they ask aren't necessarily – at the time, you don't think they're necessarily questions that hold any relevance, but through your experience at the academy, you see why they ask certain questions and why they want you to be able to remember um, the little things in, in tough and difficult situations.
0: I was going to say, so what about that? Like, what's your takeaway from that part of the process? What did you learn about yourself as part of that experience?
6: Um. I learned that definitely at the time I learned my limits or what I thought my limits were weren't. Um, the Air Force and the DOD in general does a good job of pushing you a lot further than you thought you could go. Um, and I learned that uh, a lot of the time it's not about what you think is right or appropriate, um, but what others do. And it's, it's like a bigger picture thing. Like, again, like some of the questions you're like, I don't understand the point in this. But it holds a huge relevance when you're a lieutenant um, so that things are kind of just muscle memory. So you just remember the important things. Like for pilots, for instance, they have to remember things from their pilot books, their pilot handbooks. Um, They don't have time to look it up. It's just you, you you have to know things regardless of how stressed you are.
0: We're talking to Ryan Watson. All right, so if we skip ahead, you're playing football, you had a big senior season, and then after that season was over, you were getting interest from NFL teams, and then word comes down that there had been a change in policy, and the new policy is that all cadets would have to serve their two years of active duty before being allowed to go to a professional sports team. What was your reaction when you heard that news at that time?
6: Um, so honestly, I didn't hear the news, because it didn't come down um, in an official channel to us. Um, so, I didn't hear the news until Saturday, which was day three of the draft. Mm. And the way we heard the news was um, <laughs> um, unfortunately, some news media had heard it before we did. And so they were putting out articles. And so teams were contacting me talking about what is this about? And, you know, I, I was just reading news articles about it. So, since I hadn't officially heard about it, I was like, you know, I don't think that's right. That's wrong, yada, yada, yada. But as the weekend unfolded a little bit more, um, Me and another guy found out that that was correct. Um, We felt like the the timing was rather unfortunate. Um, We don't necessarily agree with the decision, but you know, like most Americans, you just have to agree, or you don't necessarily have to agree, but you have to respect the decisions of those of a higher authority.
0: Talking to Ryan Watson, exactly right, so the timing's really tough. It's right there in the middle of the draft, so you don't have to agree with it, but you have to accept it. At that point, what were you thinking about your future and how pro football fit into it?
6: At that immediate step, um, a lot, there was a lot of talk about us being grandfathered in, which is essentially since we had made it that far under the old policy that we would continue under the old policy. So throughout the summer, there was still hope that I would be able to go directly. Um, but as that hope kind of dwindled away, um, I stayed rather optimistic because teams were still in contact with me and my agent, still seeming interested. So I just talked to some some of the older academy guys who went through the old policy process um, and just got their insight, got a little inspiration and, and knew what to expect or learned what to expect.
0: Well, like you said, teams were interested. Bruce Arians and the Arizona Cardinals still invited you to their mini camp in May. What was the experience? What was that mini camp like for you?
6: Uh, it was definitely it was definitely a tease. Um, it was hard knowing that you were going there, um, and that you couldn't stick around. You know, everyone has this um, this notion of NFL athletes as these insane insane players, insanely good at their craft, and they are, don't get me wrong, but being there with those guys, you know, uh, it, it opens your eyes and lets you know that you can keep up with these guys, you can play with these guys. A lot of it is just, you know, being on, being on your P's and Q's, um, knowing your technique, knowing your assignment and things like that.
0: I so you did so that. Yeah, so man, yep. so, you, so you're there. I was gonna say, excuse me, Ryan, you are there, and you know, like I, I fit in. I could do this. I belong here. But then instead of joining the team, you go to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, and you served as an acquisitions officer. What was that job like?
6: Uh, <laughs> being an acquisitions officer as a as a young LT can be pretty difficult. Um, it's a lot of meetings. Um, a lot of a lot of meetings, like three or four meetings a day. Um, so you're just you know, it's kind of like a Kind of like the white collar side of the Air Force, you're more discussing business than actually, you know, being downrange, uh, being active. Um, so for me, I would get a little fidgety in the office. Um, I had to work out a lot to blow off some steam. Um, especially being being an LT, uh, you're not like necessarily in charge of like the big ticket things. You kind of get like the scraps that, that no one else wants. It's just kind of how it works. So it was uh, it was tough at times, definitely.
0: We're talking to Ryan Watson. All right, so you mentioned you had to work out to blow off some steam. I mean, at the same time, you want to keep your NFL options open. So how did you go about approaching your training and making sure that you did stay in shape?
6: So the, the biggest thing for me um, as, a, as a D lineman um, was a lot of teams, even coming out of uh, college, a lot of teams were like, we're not sure about your size. So the biggest thing for me at first was trying to bulk up so I got up to 260, um, low 260s. But when I got there, I didn't really like how I moved. I didn't like uh, how cardio was for me because I still had to pass all the, uh, the Air Force tests and abide by their regulations. And so I didn't like that combination. So I dropped back down to like 250, kind of just hovered there. Um, the, the fortunate thing about me and my career um, was that they allowed me to combine uh, my lunch hour with gym time. So during the middle of the day, I had like a dedicated gym session. And then I would also work out like a second time either before work or after work. So it was it was pretty good for me as far as a, a physical standpoint. But as far as, like, mental football side of it, you know, footwork, seeing things, live fire, um, that was hard. It was just mainly watching the film, like old film that I had, things yes, like, like so, that.
0: So I'm kind of curious, like, in the back of your mind, obviously you've got the NFL and you never finished pursuing that dream. But at the same time, you're doing well in the Air Force and you've got opportunities to advance and make a career out of that too. So what's your mindset? Was it hard not to take on those opportunities? I mean, how were you able to juggle both those things, both those careers?
6: To be honest with you, I did not always juggle it well. Um, there are definitely some times, like you said, the Air Force is a great career, great opportunity. You're making good money. Um, and it's, it's definitely more stable than the NFL could be. So there are a lot of times where I was like, do I really want to give this up for the NFL? Um, but you know, the NFL has been like a childhood dream for most, for most, uh, football athletes. And so I, it was, it was hard for me not to pursue it. Um, but it was definitely a struggle, especially because of how demanding and how rough the, the Air Force lifestyle can be, um, I had friends who went to like Okinawa and stuff like that for training, but I would have to turn it down, um, one, cause I knew I wasn't going to use it later and I would have to. It would, it would kind of be like a additional, I won't say an initial commitment thing, but it would have taken away from others, but just forgoing opportunities um, and things of that nature that would have been not only beneficial to my Air Force career, but definitely, definitely fun.
0: All right. So bottom line, you recently completed your two years of active duty. You are now able to pursue the NFL once again. Two years away from that and being in active duty, what's that done for you physically and mentally as you get ready to take this on now?
6: I'm definitely a lot healthier than I was coming off my senior season. Um, So I missed, I want to say like roughly three games due to a list, Frank injury. Um, I also had a, PC, a partial, PC air tail, partial PCL care um, my senior year. So those, those were nagging injuries going into uh, my, well, the 2017 year our season. Um, those are fully healed now. Healed now. Um, and then mentally, you know, I just matured a lot more. I know what it's like to be off of my own, you know, budgeting, spending money, um, things of that nature.
0: So finally, the road has not been easy, but from the outside, you strike me as somebody who's not looking for the easy path, right? If so, you would not have gone to the Air Force Academy in the first place. Knowing all of this and what you've been through, what would it mean to you to make an NFL roster after two years away from the game?
6: Uh, it, it would mean the world to me, honestly. You know, um, it's, life is all about perseverance. Um, at the Air Force Academy, it's all about quotes. Um, and one of my favorite quotes at the Academy was, uh, tough times don't last, tough people do. Um, so just making it through all of this, um, you know, achieving my dream, serving my country at the same time, it would definitely be uh, a, nice, a nice realization. And it also, you know, there are a lot of other guys at the academy who are struggling, um, who don't know what they want to do, whether they want to pursue this or not. And so I think it'd be good on me to kind of set the example and show that it can still be done.
0: So this week, I had my best sit down in a long time, a sit down with the man himself, Johnny O. Johnny O invented and patented the tweener button. It's a hidden button between the second and third button featured on all Johnny O shirts. Let me tell you something. This is so smart for so many different reasons. Because the hidden button solves the age-old second button dilemma. Should you button one or should you button two? Every Johnny O shirt comes with the patented tweener button, so you're always looking just right. It is a total game-changer. Trust me, you don't want to be rolling around showing too much chest hair. That's a real problem. I've been rocking my Johnny O shirts. Man, they are sharp. People literally are like, dude, what are you wearing? What is that? So it's practical with that tweener button, and the stuff looks amazing, and it feels even better. And right now, you can use the promo code ROAM and get 20% off your first order at johnny-o.com at checkout through May 30th. 20% 20% off the regular price button ups, which come in a range of fabrics, patterns, and styles. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 85 bucks. Johnny O.com. Johnny O.com. Promo code ROME and get 20% off your first order and free shipping on orders over 85 bucks. Go to Johnny O.com for your tweener shirt at 20% off and check out the wide selection of shirts and other products ranging from polos to shorts, pants, swim, and more. I love this product. I love the company, Johnny O.com, because tomorrow is your sacred high holiday, the day where you prepare for weeks and weeks to do the exact same thing you do every single day bake. Now, obviously, I am not coming in tomorrow to give you heads your shine, nor is 420 jumping the weekend by any means. So let me take a moment to acknowledge you all right here right now like I do every single year because this truly is a jungle and in any jungle there are a myriad of species that need to coexist on a daily basis and in this jungle there is a tribe with massive numbers who have always supported the program itself I'm talking of course about team bake I was
2: before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, uh lie, lie, I'm lie, taking lie, it lie. next semester, and, and I know why, 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 why man. Why. Yeah. Hey, 'cause I got high. Because I got high.
0: Because I got high. Okay then. Now you know I'm not one of you. You know I'm not one of you. Pretty much never have been except for maybe, maybe, maybe a brief, brief period in college as a freshman at UC Santa Barbara when I was experimenting. Never really been one of you. Don't really ever plan on being one of you. I'm not exactly aspiring to be Don Nelson, even though Nelly appears to be living his best life ever. Can each of
4: you talk briefly about what you've been doing after basketball, Coach, I know you live in Hawaii, right? Yeah, I've been smoking some pot, actually.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that, and uh, I'm having a pretty good time.
1: It's, it's more legal now than it's ever been.
0: And that's Don Nelson, like legendary basketball coach. What an amazing response. What have you been up to? Living in Hawaii, smoking pot. Don Nelson. But the thing is, and the reason I do this every single year at this time, Team Bake has always had my back. And that kind of loyalty will get you your segment once a year. And if you've got a problem with that, let me educate you on this. As Bob Dylan himself once famously crooned, the times, they are a-changing. And it's never been more prophetic than it is with the hippie lettuce. If you live in one of the 33 states where the dro is legalized in some form, then you know exactly what I'm speaking of. Because The Green Rush is officially on. You need more evidence? Here it is. When Joe Montana, Joe Montana, goes all Grow Montana, and he puts his name on a Bay Area dispensary, you best believe that your once underground drug is now mainstream. When Steven Jackson goes in hard on Daryl Strawberry, for calling weed a gateway drug, you know that no one is in hiding anymore.
2: Man, Darryl Strawberry, you got to be stopped. Weed is a gateway drug. Bruh, you a whole coke head out here. You skipped that whole class, dog. You didn't even try to roll you up nothing to see out. You went straight to the boy. All right? Second, weed heads and cocaine people do coke. We don't even hang around. We don't even want to be around each other. I don't even know what that feel like. I ain't never experienced that. So, you are not the person to be talking about marijuana. You a whole coke head out here, bro. You whole you a whole coke head out here. You losing your job cuz you want to snort coke. Man, ain't nobody listening to you, bruh. Stop it.
0: Damn. <laughs> That's not the first time I've heard that, but that that is incredible. I mean, Daryl Strawberry, right? Daryl Strawberry speaks from experience. Daryl Strawberry has been to hell and back. Daryl Strawberry saw his entire career and near his life go up in flames, go up in drugs. And he's saying, "Look, I'm here to tell you, pot is a gateway drug. But, Alvin, I'd like to hear that one more time. Steven Jackson is not having that at all. At all.
2: Man, Darryl Strawberry, you got to be stopped. Weed is a gateway drug. Bruh, you a whole coke head out here. You skipped that whole class, dog. You ain't even try to roll you up, nothing to see out. You went straight to the boy, all right? Second, weed heads and cocaine, people do coke, we don't even hang around. We don't even want to be around each other. I don't even know what that feels like. I ain't never experienced that. So you are not the person to be talking about marijuana. You a whole cokehead out here, bro.
0: Steven Jackson. Like, for instance, when Thomas in Bonanza called up to relieve, relive a bong-a-thon gone wrong, then you know no one gives a damn about discretion these days.
3: It was, uh, it was tough. Nobody made it. As far as I know, there were several of us. And uh, I don't think anybody made it to uh, 44 bong hits. We were also uh, required to drink a six-pack and six shots of whiskey in six hours and 18 minutes. I woke up in the barn
0: on a pile of hay. Hey, Thomas, man, you're a whole cokehead out here. Just kidding, Thomas. Like In 2019, Reefer Madness is like in the rear view now. I mean, you've got so many people sprinting to find a way to make some coin off a recession-proof commodity that has been nearly decriminalized everywhere. I mean, forget Grow Montana and Indica Mike Tyson and sticky, icky Ricky Williams and the dozens of other athletes who are now slinging legalized cron There is more. Like, check out Carl's Jr., the fast food burger joint with 1,500 locations worldwide. Tomorrow on 420, Carl's Jr. is dropping a cheeseburger with CBD-infused sauce at a store in the Denver area. They're calling the Meat Sando the Rocky Rocky Mountain High Cheeseburger Delight. Rocky Mountain High. CBD-infused sauce on a Carl's Jr. burger. So no, CBD is not going to get you stoned, but it is a derivative of weed. And a drive through restaurant is hustling it tomorrow in Denver. And they're promoting it now on their Twitter feed. That's kind of where we are right now with the stoner culture. It's no longer just something to attribute to a burnout who follows fish around the country. It's legit business. Everybody's getting in, or a lot of people are. So tomorrow really is about the heads. The people who aren't making money off their favorite mistress, Mary Jane, but rather are spending money on their favorite mistress, Mary Jane. The people who've had to have a hard conversation with their neighborhood dealer once the local dispensary did pop up on the corner. The people who don't see weed as a business, but rather as a lifestyle. Tomorrow is their day. And tonight, they're prepping their glass-on-glass four-footers and making sure their parents' Netflix subscription is all paid up. Because Half-Baked and Super Troopers are not going to watch themselves. Littering and smoking the reefer. Now to teach you boys a lesson, Officer Rabbit and I are going to stand here while you three smoke the whole bag. So, to Team Bake, once again I say, I am not you. I probably never will be you. But i I salute you. Merry stoner Christmas Eve. May tomorrow be just as lazy and uninspired as today and every day is for you. Enjoy the Funyuns and the Ben and Jerrys because 420 only comes around once a calendar, even if you do celebrate it 365 days out of the year. Now, if you want to call me and lay out your plans for the big day, go ahead I might even take a phone call or two. But you better be able to match Matt in California's entertainment value from 420 2017
6: Woke up at, uh, with no alarm clock. Didn't have one of those. Didn't eat it. Had breakfast when I wanted it. Went right to the big, uh, we might call it a stash, but it's a big bin of uh, something that I like to do. And I pull that off the tree and I break it up in big handfuls and then that's what I do. Right now, I am rifling through my kids' Easter basket. <laughs> Both my kids.
0: That's yeah. incredible. Just the
6: good stuff, though. Just, just the, like jelly beans and some, uh, some caramel things. Oh, so I,
0: I, how do you explain that? When they come home and they're looking for that Easter basket and there's nothing in it, and they're like, Dad, Dad, did you get high and eat all my candy? What's your response going to be?
6: Rome, I do what any good Catholic man would do. I look them dead in the face and I lie. I say, I have no idea who your candy is, kids. And then I go to confession.
0: My man, Matt and Callie. All right, then. Happy Stoner Christmas Eve, heads. Latavius Murray is my guest. Latavius, good to have you back. How are you? I'm doing good, Jim. How you doing? Jim? Good, good. Good to talk to you. So let's talk about where you ended up. Yeah. You were an unrestricted free agent this year. You had a number of different ways that you could go, but you said the Saints were, quote, a no-brainer. You'd gone up against them a number of times in the past few years. What was it, though, about the Saints that made them a no-brainer to you?
7: Yeah, I just think if you just look at, um, where they've been, uh, as far as just being right there, um, that close in the past few years, um, and having the opportunity to, you know, obviously play for a championship. And, and, you know, to me, that's what it's all about. And so, um, to give myself that, the the best opportunity to, to do that. Um, you know, that's why I say it was a no-brainer for me.
0: And then obviously you look at that offense, and it's just loaded. You've got Drew Brees at the center of that thing and plenty of weapons around him. So as you look at that offense, how exciting is that to you, and how good can that offense be?
7: Very exciting. Um, You know, a lot of playmakers, um, a lot of weapons, um, and then obviously uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback um, that's uh, headed in the whole thing. And so um, very excited you know, obviously, uh, again, we, I've played them, seen them play many a times, um, you know, three times in the past two years. Um, and so I'm just excited to be a part of it and, and, and excited to go out there and, and try and uh, and bring what I can to the, to the offense and to the team.
0: Latavius Murray, my guest, you know, I'm kind of curious about your approach and your mindset. As an example, I had Thomas Davis on the show earlier today, and we talked about the fact that he's made the move from Carolina to Los Angeles and how he's going to approach it what about you? Do you feel like you need to prove yourself all over again with a new start and a new opportunity?
7: Yeah, it's, it's, I think, uh, you know, this, This, you know, to me, I guess when you coming into uh, the NFL, um, obviously, I'm just, 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 you know, uh, excited to have the opportunity to play at the highest level. And so, um, you don't know how your, your, your story will end up. You don't know who you'll play for, um, obviously. And so, um, uh, I've been fortunate enough to play now going into my seventh season and play for two great organizations and, you know, headed into my third, uh, you know, great organization. And so, um, each, um, uh, each one you want to leave a mark. And so for me, um, I think that's what it's all about for me is just leaving a mark and, and bringing what I can to the team and the organization, um, and doing all I can to, to, to help them win. And, uh, and I say bring what you can. That's on and off the field. Uh, just leaving a mark. I think that's what it's about. I think that's how you stay around long um, and doing, doing things the right
0: way. Latavius Murray is my guest. I think that's a really important point. I mean, let me keep you there for a minute. Like the draft is coming up next week. So it's been six years since you were selected with the 181st pick overall. As you look back on that experience, what kind of thoughts do you have?
7: You know, I just look at like me to be honest. You know, I I kind of I don't listen to I. I, You know, I just there's a lot of hype before the draft. There's a lot of there's a lot of hype that goes into it. You know, with these you know with the college players that are coming out and uh, and not to say that they don't deserve any recognition or they don't deserve you know any any credit up until the point they've they've gotten because um, there's a reason why they're in the position that they are. Um, But um, for a guy who wasn't a highly touted, you know, college player, a highly touted high school football player, it, hype doesn't mean anything to me and uh it's just the beginning. Um, because if you look at it and if you would have thought you know, when the Raiders drafted me sixth round at the hundred you know, 80, pick, eighty first pick, um you know, would this guy do anything? Would he make anything, uh, happen in, in the NFL? And I'm sure many would have thought no. And so, uh, for me, that's why it doesn't matter. And so I think that approach is just that. I hope all these guys understand is that, um, it's just the beginning of, of every single thing that you've worked for previously, but it, it really is just the beginning, no matter how you got there.
0: Latavius Murray joining us. And to that point, you know how the league is, right? Number one, I agree with you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're taking. We've seen this time and time again. Guys who are highly picked do not pan out. Somebody taken where you are has had the career you've had. So what about the career you've had? How much pride is there? Given that guys do not last long in that league, no matter where they're taken, how much pride do you have in the fact that you're not only a pro bowler, but you've had as long a career as you have?
7: Yeah, I just take pride on on I guess everything that I've done. I've I've tried to do things the right way. I tried to take care of my body. I tried to uh train and 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 prepare in off-season the right way. During the season, you know, the same train and prepare the right way. Um so I take pride in uh believing in everything that I've I've done in the past and everything that I'm doing currently um has you know got me to where I am and has kept me where I am um, and, and my you know my my hunger for, for more my you know never being satisfied you know just wanting more I think that's just you know I, I I can rest and sleep at night you know knowing that that you know my mindset is in the right place and, and will always be Um, and so you know with that I can you know sleep at night and, and feel good about it every morning I wake up
0: Latavius Murray, my guest, and it's not just football. Last time you and I spoke, we talked about the fact that you were pursuing a master's in business administration. For those who do not know, why was that something that you wanted to pursue?
7: Just because I've been through some injuries in college, um, you know, the NFL, and, uh, you know, through each injury, again, I've had the time to sit and think, like, man, what if this was it? You know, what if. You know, what if I don't recover from this injury 100%? What if I'm not able to play, uh, you know, at all? What if I'm not able to, you know, what if I'm not the same? And so um, when you have the time, because that's all you do when you have an injury and you sit down, you have time to think. And so for me, I got to thinking, you know, that there was definitely something that I needed to do um, to make sure when I am done playing uh, that I have a plan.
0: So, how close are you to completing that
7: so next next off season so I'm only able to do it in the off season so next off season I'll be graduating next off season I'll be finishing up um you know, and I can't wait man it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a good time That's to be great. honest because yeah. uh yeah,'s been a lot going into it.
0: I was to say that's a great accomplishment, Latavius Murray. My guest, that's gonna be a good time. So you're playing the game at the highest level. You're having a great NFL career, but you were at the Final Four earlier this month. What was that experience like?
7: Yeah, I, it was it was it was great. Um, you know, got the chance to you know go back to Minnesota and and, and you know witness uh, you know a national championship in that in that beautiful stadium. You know, one last time. Um, and then you know, if you just talk about the game itself, I think this. This, the the whole tournament this year, I feel has been really, really exciting. I think every game has given you exactly what you want. Um, for the championship game to go into overtime, um, you know, I, I thought it was exciting. Um, and I was definitely happy for, uh, Virginia, who I, you know, I kind of, I picked as a favorite, you know, early on and during the regular season. Um, there's something about them that stood out when I seen them come that, da- come back. Uh, down, I think, almost 20 at UNC on the road, and um, just seeing how special that team was. So um, it was good to see that kind of uh, come to life.
0: Yeah, you were on them. You were on UVA. You said two months before that they would win the whole thing, and they did. And you, you kind of touched on this, but what did you make of the way they handled the pressure throughout the tournament? I mean, not once, not twice, yeah. but three times. They were able yeah. to dig deep and come back.
7: Yeah, again, I, I you know see, seeing that against a really good UNC team who – you know, uh, I think gave a lot of teams, you know, at one point was ranked, I think number one or reached number two, uh, you know, they beat Duke. Just, you talk about a really good team. And so when you're able to go into UNC and win, that's tough, you know, regardless. But when you're able to go into UNC and be down 10 or 20 it was at halftime and come back and find a way to win, that shows another, uh, another level of – uh of heart and uh and fight and so i think that that showed um throughout the whole tournament that they they never you know at at any point they never um you know panicked never
0: We're talking football, we're talking basketball, we're talking academics, we're talking life with Latavius Murray. Listen, really quick, (laughs) before you go, you're good like that. Before you go, you know, when you talked about signing with the Saints, you and I talked about how you were familiar with them, you had gone up against them. Another way you knew them, though, was you had seen their postgame celebrations on Instagram and Snapchat. What did those parties tell you about the bonds on that team and the chemistry on that team?
7: Yeah, you know, I just – from everybody that I talked to, Coach Payton – uh, Mark Ingram, Teddy Bridgewater, um, the, the the locker room is special, um, and and, and um, I think uh, I think I could hear it in Mark. You know, when when we t- talk through text, um, him praising the locker room, and so I just think uh, you know that's 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 just something that's really really uh, good to hear, uh, especially when you're a new incoming player. Uh, you know. Having the, going to have to get to know these guys uh, and go out there and play with them. Um, those are the things you want to hear. And so it's a really good feeling. I'm excited to uh, get in there and, and fit right in uh, so I can be the one, uh, you know, in those videos this, this, this time around celebrating and dancing.
0: All right. So what about that last thought? If Teddy Bridgewater is the absolute king of the celebrations, and he is right now, <laughs> is there any way that you can go in there and rip that crown as king of the celebrations <laughs> or is Teddy just in class by himself?
7: Man, I think Teddy is definitely—he's he, Teddy's always been in the class by himself, man. If you just look at, obviously, you know, we, look at what Teddy has came back from and what he's doing, um, man, I got the heart of a lion, and so. I don't want to even take his crown from being a dancing king. I'll let him have that, man, and just cheer him off.
0: That is smart. I like that. He's a pro bowler. He signed a four-year deal with the Saints last month. And remember, he led the Vikings with more than 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in the last two seasons. But a new opportunity and a new challenge for Latavius Murray. Latavius, great to get caught up. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you, Jim. Have a good one.
6: Oh, you say you saw that coming. Here, listen to this. Oh! <laughs>
0: Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Hope you had a great weekend. I hope you have a great day. For a lot of you honks, Tiger Nation, your life is back. Everything's good. And I will get to all of you a little bit later on. I want to start with the guy who it's really about though. The cat did it. Tiger Woods won the masters. Here it is. The The return to glory. One player after another had a look, took their run, and fell apart. Tiger simply kept on making shots and chewing gum. He can no longer outdrive these dudes, but he can't outfit and he did, that was big. Terry Stotts. Terry, it's so good to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great. We can talk about the Masters if you want.
3: It was incredible. I couldn't have been happy for him. It was a great sports moment. So
0: going forward, bros, bags, honks, fanboys, shale, Tyler, hawk. It's number one in my life. Absolutely. Better than the wedding, better than the kids being born. Don't wreck it. Enjoy it. But don't wreck it. Robert Lucetich is my guest. I did not think Tiger Woods, especially a couple of years ago, was really ever
3: going to play golf again in any meaningful way. I don't know that there is a parallel in sport that
0: matches what We've seen. Obviously, we're not going to have any side action today because I'd probably see like 0.06% if I did win. Ryan Hollins. I remember one time. I was playing
5: against the Heat.
2: I kind of chucked LeBron. I got him with a good shot. James Jones tagged me in my back.
1: Mike Miller clotheslined me. I was going for a rebound and Donna hazard pulled me out the air. We're not allowed
0: to touch LeBron James. We got a deal. Got a deal, Seattle. He just pushed out that video from his bed. Go Hawks. Me and my lady got a deal but that's none of your business. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. War <laughs> Lady Hawks. Bro, I just hope you're on a Casper mattress. Email. Hey Rome, I'd rather see the Bob Craft video 500 times than have to watch that russ wilson video ever again Uh my god john i'm all about hyperbole i'm all about exaggerating something to make a point but no you wouldn't you would not rather see a 78 year old with his junk exposed on video 500 times you're a liar john you're a liar mick cronin great to be back in the jungle Romy. my man you are the coach of ucla so being the head coach i loved socal (laughs) hey you meant it too mick you You thought i was bluffing didn't you no no i didn't so if you guessed Dirty Honey and then it came from Joey Vendetta, you win. Signed, Dexter. What's up, Joe? Cheese Wiz. How you living, kid? I like a good sausage. Steven Stamkos is a leader of bums. And Andre Vasilevsky is terrible. The worst of all time. The future is the lightning bringing a huge dump of Derek Vance back to Tampa. I'm done making Hockey predictions. Because all you want is more, 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 more. Let me tell you something. Leave the paintables alone! They're paying you to be Fitzmagic, not to magically make entire birthday cakes disappear every weekend. Have
6: another cake. Email!
0: Fitzpatrick is clearly going the distance this year. He's going. For feed. This phone call.
7: This phone call that I'm making right now, Justin. This is as good as it was ever gonna get for
6: you on this show. You got it. If
7: she really was smoking, then why was he stroking to take out of the
6: sweatpants the sack? Ah. That uglier than a Robin video release. They had to
7: cut open on each side of my left leg, wide open, me like a fist.
0: Bernie Johnson is my guest. Are you yeah, on and, the worldwide we web? We all knew about that that dial-up sound anytime you connected to the internet.
6: Uh, all that crazy noise, and you were waiting for it to end because then you were connected. ...to the internet. We're really
0: old. <clears throat> Lincoln Riley, my guest. So what would you say to a team that might wonder if Kyler is all in on football?
3: The kid is all in on football. Uh, his baseball days are over. Uh, he
5: is He's going to be an NFL quarterback, and he's going to be a damn good one.
0: Twitter. Did your parents bag up lean protein and make you take that to birthday parties when all the other kids were eating cake? Were you powerlifting and doing cleaning jerks at the age of six months? <clears throat> Tyler Glasnow is my guest. Hiccup chess are their local run. I've only
3: really played in New York, and that's just always just, there's like Central Park, you can go play, and there's always people there, and they'll be like, alright, give me five extra bucks, and I'll give you like a little lesson.
0: It's definitely a hustle. You know it's out there. You're in the water. You can see the fin above the water, in the distance. You're frantically trying to get the hell out of the water. You're swimming as fast as you can. Closer. Closer. You can see it. It's Kraft's job. <laughs> Brian Burns I'll eat something that I made spaghetti or steak and potatoes
7: 11, 12 I'll have about 2 or 3 peanut butter jelly I'm Kevin Durant you know who I am I'm not
0: going to get caught up with Beverly I'm part of a team all he really I'm had to Kevin say was Durant. freaking Kevin Durant you am? You know who I am
1: oh, that's Larry Brown's guy right
0: they're going to have the greatest draft cam ever it'll be Chunk and Mayock just chilling check out these nachos hey check this out Mikey we got a chocolate fountain tough
6: times don't last tough people do
3: come on I'm Educate the
6: youth. Bro. Happy
0: Stoner Christmas Eve, heads. Cokehead out here. Where does it all stand in Cleveland? I'm Jerry Jones. It's Pardon? a Blackberry moment for me, buddy. Fishing with dynamite. The angry
2: whopper. Hey, I
0: appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Thursday, Sunday, 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 Sunday. I got no crank stories for you. I'm going to see y'all in the morning. See y'all in the morning. <laughs> Are we good?
3: Good night now.
0: Yo, Silk, what's up? what's up brah what's going on at the beach uh it's a little overcast right now
3: waiting for it to burn through brah but it's my first day of spring break so uh everything is good now i'd like to address this whole uh done in denver ftn thing so back in the day people would call at the show and say hey rome i just heard insert name on insert station say insert whatever thing about you and you would always say you know what I talk sports, I interview athletes, they talk about me. And I kind of I kind of subscribe to that philosophy. Um, you know, I I educate the youth, bruh. I surf, I drink the finest wines, I eat the finest cheeses and charcuteries, and they talk about me. I'd rather guys like Dunn in Denver just say thank you. Thanks, Silk. Thanks for doing all the hard work. Uh, guys like Dunn and his Ilk, they're like a gravy train Peloton drafting off of all my hard work, bruh. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, this whole uh, laughter I hear—I hear this like it's like a laugh track in my head. It's all coming from Costa Mesa and Charger headquarters. Raider fan, how is it? I mean, I get it—you had some Super Bowls. I think they were back in the '80s. I'm not sure. How how does this feel for you? This is awful. Tom Telesco and Anthony Lynn are doubled over right now. I can see the 949 from my balcony right here. They're laughing at you. I can't wait for draft day. And let me let me harp on my beloved lakers but it's been 6 years of basketball's changed every laker fan loves genie bus but genie bus has to realize it's over the old way of doing basketball is done that means you can't draft the same way you have to take do what the clippers i can't believe i'm saying this you got to do what the clippers did do a top to bottom new approach to the whole infrastructure of your team and set up a whole system and please get rid of palenka and i will i'll drive to john wayne airport right now and pull the spark plug wires on kobe's helicopter do not hire kobe to do anything i love him but keep him in newport where i got a hot preview for you on stoner's eve the nooch the world famous nooch from the south is coming to socal next weekend he's going to be in laguna uh jen silk and i are going to throwdown of the rooftop at the hotel del camino brah you know where it's at laguna beach i think there's going to be a clone stock it's going to be hot brah i'll be previewing that even some more this week albie let's do this brah 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 come on come
7: on good night now